welcome to the Tabletop Games Blog Topic Discussion. Translation Challenges Good translations are important. We take language so much for granted, whether it's written down, spoken out loud or conveyed via signs. Yet, when we communicate with others, we sometimes notice how words can be misinterpreted. We can see how a message can come across differently from how it was intended. That is when we realize how important words actually are. Choosing one word over another can make a huge difference. It's already hard enough to get your point across in your native language, but it reaches a completely new level of difficulty when you use a foreign tongue. I think language is especially important in rulebooks. Many of us in the hobby are used to the idea that some words have a specific meaning in a game that is sometimes not quite the same in everyday use. These words form the terminology of the game. For example, destroying an opponent doesn't imply that you rip up the relevant card or set fire to the plastic mini, like you might expect when you consider the word's meaning in common use. Instead, the term destroy in a game could mean that you remove a card and put it back in the box. There are plenty of rulebooks that are really good at using terms consistently throughout. Specific words will have exactly the same meaning in every context of the game. They will be clearly defined and it's that clarity that makes those games much easier to learn as opposed to games where words have slightly different meanings depending on their context. So, if a rulebook is well written in its native language, it's crucial it is translated just as well. Words have to keep their meaning. How specific words are defined needs to remain just as consistent in the foreign language as they were in the source text. The problem is that's sometimes tricky. If you have ever learned a foreign language, you will know that some English words translate into two, three, or even more different words depending on context. Obvious examples are words that have different meanings in the native language. For example, the English word trunk can either describe the main woody stem of a tree, the elongated nose of an elephant, or large box with a hinged lid. In German, they translate as Stamm, Wurzel, and Truhe, respectively. However, even a word that has virtually the same meaning, even in different contexts, can sometimes have different translations in another language. For example, the English word root mostly means the same thing whether you're talking about the root of a plant or the root cause. Yet in German, the former quite easily translates as Wurzel, but the latter would probably be translated as tiefere Ursache, meaning that the noun root becomes the German adjective tief. If you're not careful as a translator, you easily turn something that is really clear in the source text into something rather confusing in the translated work. When a single term needs to be converted into two or three in the destination language, it creates problems. There are knock-on effects, not only because the rulebook is probably going to be longer, but also because having multiple words instead of one makes the rules harder to understand. I have come across rulebooks translated between English and German 
where the original is really simple and straightforward to understand, while the translation feels a bit clumsy. So, as a professional translator, you need to make sure you carefully think about what words you choose. Often it's easy, but sometimes it can be very hard and on some occasions it's impossible to keep things simple. Generally speaking, the fewer defined words or terms a rubric contains, the easier it is to translate. Another challenge for translators is when a rulebook uses colloquialisms or words that are directly linked to the gameplay. There are situations where a source word is a perfect fit in the context of mechanism or maybe the setting, but translating it isn't so easy. The word green refers to the color as well as the idea of being environmentally friendly. In other languages, that's not necessarily the case. So if a game requires a single word to describe both, because maybe there are green spaces on the game board, it can be impossible translated into certain other languages. There are also many other things to consider when converting a rulebook into a new language. Practical things such as how certain languages usually make for longer words, which affects the layout of a rulebook, or how colloquialisms translate are something professional translators will have to deal with and find solutions for. All of this takes time. It's easy to think that sticking your rulebook into an online translation tool will do the job, but of course, that's not the case. These tools do get better, but at the end of the day, while they create something that certainly conveys the meaning of the original, it still reads oddly to a native speaker of the destination language. You're always better off employing a professional translator if you want your game to be professional. That is not to say that fan rules translations don't have their place. Many are excellent, of course. It really shows when the work was done by someone who speaks both languages natively. The passion for the game shines through. It is clear that these people want the game to be accessible in their own language. Yet, if you're a publisher, you should not rely on fans translating your game for you. The hard work deserves to be paid, like everything else that makes up your game. Of course, I have to use this opportunity to direct you to my own services under the Make My Game Travel banner. I can help translate your game between English and German, but please follow the links in the description below. Thank you for listening to this Tabletop Games Blog Topic Discussion Podcast. Please check the description below for links mentioned in this episode as well as to the written version of this article on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us some stars or leave a review. Please also tell your friends about me and if you want to offer financial support, check out my Patreon Ko-fi pages, links to which you'll find in the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. So thank you again for listening and I hope to see you again soon. This podcast was made possible by the generous help of my supporters. Roll Patron, Sean Newman. Magic Champion, John Risley. Castle Guards, David Miller and James Naylor. Dice Masters, Alex Bardi, Paul Grogan and Robin Kay. And Shining Lights, Jacob Davis, Gavin Jones, Sarah Reed and Richard Simpson.